Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're joined for what should be a very interesting uh, segment of our program. This is Bob Salter. I'm looking forward to speaking with um, Diane Huth in this portion of our program. Uh, Diane, whose last name is spelled H-U-T-H, is known as the accidental career coach. And some of you may think, accidental career coach? What exactly does that mean? All right. You're going to find out in the course of our discussion. Uh, She has information she's going to share with us that especially uh, coming off the year 2020 and the impact that it, that has had on so many people's lives, I think is going to be some very valuable information that Diane is going to share with us as well. Uh, first of all, Diane, welcome back to our program. Nice well, to have you. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. And um, let me ask you the question. You and I were talking a little bit before we started this portion of the program. Uh, share with our listeners, if you will, um, what life is like for you as we start 2021 what life is like for me yes i'm having a wonderful life but i have moved to mexico um i live on a white sandy beach island i moved here a year and a half ago i ran away from home to live in paradise (laughs) i did it's one of the blessings it is the blessing of all blessings that came out of covid is we are now for the first time ever untethered from the workplace and we can live and work wherever we want. And I chose to live here. I have a virtual office. If I didn't tell you where I was, you would not know if I was in San Antonio, Texas, New York, or if I were here in Mexico. Because for the first time we can live untethered from the workplace, you get to work from home and you get to define where home is. And that's really exciting because it gives everybody who's listening out there a whole bunch more job opportunities than you had a year ago when you were stuck working within a 30-mile radius of an employer. That means that you can market yourself basically globally today because um, the technology has evolved to need to be able to communicate, to be present, to Zoom, um, to do virtual work online, the whole accountability we can now work wherever we want. Isn't that exciting? It sounds very exciting. Let me ask a question based on something you mentioned at the very start of um, that answer. When you talked about the idea of running away from home to live in, in paradise, I guess some people might say, why Mexico? Why not Mexico? White sandy beaches, cost of living is a third of what it is in Texas and probably a fifth of what it is to live in New York. Really? People, um, fabulous climate, beautiful culture. Um, I can live like a queen on a social security check. Amazing as it may seem, you can live very well on $1,500 a month. And you sure can't do that very well in in, um, New York particularly or anywhere in the state. Okay. All right. So with 
all the change that has taken place in 2020 and the change in people's lives, you know, where just about everything is done virtually. And when I say just about everything, because not every job can be done that way. I mean, first of all, it takes a change in mindset for people to do that and to work in that fashion. But it also, I think, requires a certain change in your mindset as to how you view yourself as a potential employee. And that, I think, was kind of where you were going and what you were talking about. How should we view ourselves now because of the fact that, you know, in many cases, most people are working under vastly different circumstances than they were literally a year ago. And there also are a lot of people who are listening to our discussion today who they themselves are out of work. Okay. What kind of advice do you give people, I guess, as to how it is they put themselves in the right mindset when they're either looking for work or perhaps looking to advance themselves in what they are doing. We all know this has been a tough, tough year for everybody. Um, if you have a job, you're working at home, you've got kids at home, they're not in school, you're, you know, you're living in a difficult situation. Yes, it's very difficult to get your mind around it. If you're unemployed, it's an even worse place because there are so many unemployed people out there and there are so many people competing for a job, the, the competition is ferocious. Yes, it is very difficult. Um, and it is what it is. The key thing is not to be paralyzed. What, what I noticed about just about everybody is for the first couple months, everybody was paralyzed. They like had their feet in concrete. Nobody could believe what was happening. Nobody could believe that we everybody lost their jobs, that the world was shut down, that we had this horrible disease. And what I saw is that people were paralyzed. And the key thing is to get out of that um, paralysis and into a uh, mode of action, of moving, of doing something. Stop being a victim and be responsible for your choices today. You aren't responsible for losing your job, but you're responsible for um, making sure that you're um, credentialed, getting the skills that you need, staying on top of it, networking, um, being you know ready to go to work, to picking up um, the responsibilities to changes. You've got to take responsibility for that. And I think a lot of people really got stuck. And the thing is, get momentum. You may have to pivot. You know, when you pivot, you don't stop your forward motion. You go off at an attack or an angle. And I think it's really important because so many people stop. You need to get your, your impetus going and you need to be looking for jobs. If you're unemployed, you need to be looking for jobs proactively. You have a great skill set. You were employable for years. You will still be employable. You just need to find the right opportunity. And today you have more opportunities in many ways than you did um, six months ago when you were stuck um, geographically competing um, with only people in, you know, for jobs in your neighborhood. So I think it's really a mindset is go into action, do something every day 
And if you're unemployed, invest two to four hours every single day looking for a job, but just as importantly, getting the skills that will make you marketable. Today, Bob, it's really important. A, a college degree has always been important, right? A current certificate in a high demand skills area is more important today than a college degree, believe it or not. Employers are no longer training people because turnover is so high. And so you need to land in a job trained and credentialed in a skill. And that's something you can take responsibility on. There are, are literally dozens and dozens of ways that you can get trained and certified in new skills, new technologies, new products, et cetera. LinkedIn Learning, Coursera, Udemy, there's so many different programs. You just need to make a decision that I'm going to invest four hours every day building my skills portfolio so I am ultimately employable. Okay, there's a lot to follow on based on that answer. So thank you. All right, let's go back to the very beginning because you brought up a point that I wanted you to address. And that is this whole idea of getting out of paralysis, okay? Part of the paralysis, I think, also came from everybody in a way being focused on almost like this shock of what had taken place and the thought that it was, or that it might never end. So that there is that, eh, okay, now what do I do? Okay, um, attitude, where we get stuck, literally. Mm -hmm. The idea of um, competition for jobs, a lot of people get hung up on that, okay? Viewing the employment world differently, because I think that's very important now that basically, yes, you can work anywhere virtually. So does that mean that potentially you're competing with anybody and everybody? for a job? Yes. And you were competing with other people for a job. It was just a smaller geographic radius. It also means that you are open to more jobs than you were. So, you know, it's a, a double-edged sword. You are now are available to fill many roles that you weren't available. You weren't, you weren't open before. So yes, there's competition out there and you need to be on your toes and, and make sure that you are ready to be, meet that competition. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm older, as you know, one of the things that older people tend to think is that, okay, I finished my education. I've got my degrees, et cetera. I don't need more education. That is so wrong. The number one thing that prevents older people from getting a job is tech skills, both actually not having tech skills and perception that they don't have tech skills. So anybody who's over 35 needs to be focusing on updating you know, and, and actualizing and updating and credentialing your technology skills. You should spend, I believe, half an hour every single day for the rest of your life learning something new in technology because technology is growing so exponentially that if you are not continually focusing on learning new technology, you will be behind no matter what age you are. And that's something that's in your area. That's what each and every one of us can do that. It's, it's, you can be sitting at home, you can be unemployed, 
can be having the kids there at home, whatever, but you can take responsibility for, for increasing your own technology skills every single day for the rest of your life. Probably the biggest boon you could give yourself employment-wise. Excellent point. And this ties in perfectly to an area you mentioned where I want to go in this discussion. And you talked about the idea of the fact that you have to be proactive in terms of looking for jobs, okay? For a lot of people, especially um, given that paralysis that had set in, organization, I would think, was perhaps one of the biggest hurdles, and maybe it still is one of the biggest hurdles facing an awful lot of people. What would you say is the best way to get oneself organized Getting into that whole job search move. Well, I think we all need, there, there's a, a unique set of skills that are job search skills and that everybody should be focusing on getting their, their portfolio of skills together. You need to have a great resume. You need to have a great cover letter. You need to understand and have a wonderful LinkedIn profile. You need to understand elevator pitches and how to do interviews, you need to understand um, how to present yourself. Um, you need to understand um, um, networking, social media, and um, inter uh, networking, um, I'm sorry, job negotiation skills. So this whole portfolio of job search skills, I actually spent the last year building an online course called Secrets um, to Land Your Dream Job. Um, and you can, I'm offering a free seminar, free webinar, go to jobsecretswebinar.com and it's an hour and a half and I'll teach you what you need to know to um, find and land your dream job. But you need to learn those skills about jobs. You need to know that um, LinkedIn is absolutely critical. You've got to have a powerful resume. So the resume we wrote 20 years ago doesn't matter anymore. It's not the way you do resumes today. Resumes are different. LinkedIn is the number one job search. And it's interesting, everybody it does go spends hours and hours on the job search boards, Monster and Career Builder, LinkedIn, they're wonderful. That's where you find the jobs, but you network your way to get the job. So you say, oh, XYZ has a job, I want that job. Now I'm gonna figure out, I'm gonna go to my resources, I'm gonna go to my network, I'm gonna network through LinkedIn, I'm gonna go through my personal connections, I'm gonna post on my LinkedIn page, I'm gonna post on Facebook, I'm going to find out who the decision maker is, and I'm going to tell that person why they need to hire me instead of somebody else. You have to network your way to a job. And that's part of that whole proactive learning process of not being passive and saying, oh, I've submitted 20 applications this week. Well, did you pick up the phone and talk to somebody? Did you actually connect with the decision maker, or did you send your resume off into a black hole and you don't even know if it got to a human being, because one of the things that ha has happened in the last few years is because um, of the online job boards, it's so easy to apply for jobs that companies are overwhelmed by the number of applications. They have a, a, um, a screening applicant tracking system, which is a, a, a human resources recruiting program. And what it does is it eliminates 75% of all job applications before a human being ever sees it. So if you've been applying for jobs, in 75% or more of the cases, no human being has ever seen it. It's, your resume has been kicked out by a computer robot. So unless you proactively work around the system 
and you use your personal relationship and your network and you find out and you search the job and you find out who the hiring manager is and you pick up the phone and you talk to people, um, you're not really in consideration for a job because no human being ever saw it. 75%. Yep. That figure, that is stunning when you stop and think about it. Wow. Okay. We're well, talking about the, the formula. <laughs> the formula that they use is they eliminate 75%. It's a mathematical formula that's built into this. After that, an online recruiter looks at your, um, your resume if it got to that, and they have to get rid of another half of it. So you're down to 10% of resumes will actually get seen and read by um, someone in the human resources department. Wow. Talk about putting some pressure on you in terms of what it is you're presenting them. That's, that's the key thing there. We're talking with Diane Huth on our program. Diane is known as the Accidental Career Coach. She's uh, joined us. She's sharing information. We'll uh, get into talking to about uh, the uh, web address, the webinar that you mentioned in uh, the course of our discussion. But I want to follow on a couple of different points that you've made. There's so many different ideas that have popped up here. Uh, you talked about this idea of for some of the folks who are listening to us who they themselves are unemployed, whether it's as a result of uh, COVID or, you know, some people have been looking for work for years, literally. Okay. I thought it was a very interesting statement that you made about the idea that should, people should be putting in two to four hours every day looking for work and as you said that the thought popped into my head of how many people who are unemployed really do that probably very few you you go through the act the motions you apply but i don't know of very many people who actually work at a job getting a job like they would at holding down a job right mm. if you were working for somebody you would show up at nine o'clock in the morning and you'd be working till five o'clock in the afternoon. Why aren't you looking for a job that way? Okay, so you literally have to treat it like a job. Right, you want the money that comes from a job, you better go and, and do the same things you would do if you were earning a paycheck. Okay, now having said that, You've mentioned this term networking a couple of different times in our discussion so far. And we hear an awful lot about this in the job search world. What's really at the heart of networking? Uh, you know, in a way, for some people, I think it's almost become like a buzzword and they may tend to zone out when they hear it. What does it really mean to network? It means connecting person to person. Uh, it doesn't mean doesn't mean have to be in person, but it means making a personal relationship with somebody. Um, and I'm a huge fan of networking. A year ago, we used to network at mixers and socials and professional events and things like that. We can't do that today. So instead, you network through organizations. Your alumni organization is huge. Um, professional associations, what your profession is. You should be contributing to your professional association, even remotely. People are still doing events or doing educational programs. Um, you should be building new skills and you're gonna be networking with the people that you're building skills with. 
you have social organizations, you, you know, belong to a church, you belong to clubs, you belong to associations, you want to maintain those things. One of the things that I coach my senior professionals, and I have a lot of people who are, that I work with and write their resumes, who, you know, 20 plus years experience. And so I tell them, and a lot of them are, you know, really shell-shocked and, you know, stuck in concrete, like we're talking about, is pick up the phone, go through a list of people that you know in the industry, and pick up the phone and talk to people every single day. Make three phone calls every day to connect with somebody you've worked with in the past. And you're not selling them anything. Pick up the phone and say, hey, Bob, it's been years since we've talked. You know, I remember when we did that show four years ago and we did so-and-so. Wasn't that great? I came across something and it reminded me and it made me wonder, are you okay? I wanted to pick up the phone and just talk with you, make sure you're okay. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? And just talk about human beings, talk to each other. And then they'll say, what are you doing? And you'll say, well, I'm, you know, I lost my job with COVID and I'm taking care of my family, et cetera. And just offer to help somebody else without a vested interest. Don't come with a list of consulting programs you want to sell. Just connect with human beings one at a time. And in the course of that conversation, you're going to see what's going on with them. And they might reach out to you and say, hey, I didn't realize you were out of work. You know, my company has an opportunity or my company is looking for a consultant or my brother-in-law's company. Just pick up the phone and connect with other human beings. Talk to them about what's going on in their lives and your lives. And you don't know where it's going to go. People don't make those phone calls. I coach my coaching client and I'm an accountability coach. And so I say, how many phone calls did you make? Oh, I did but 10 phone calls. How many people did you talk to? Well, I didn't. I left voicemail. It's not the same, right? You must talk and connect with human beings. And it's amazing because people are hungry for personal contact, right? People have been alone for months. They're right. locked in their homes. They want to hear from you. They want to talk to a friend and remember a better time. It's amazing. I had one, one client, he was a senior VP of a big travel and tourism organization. And, and he literally spent months just shell-shocked. And I made him make these phone calls. And within three weeks, he was offered two consulting assignments and a board position. And I bet he was completely blown away by that possibility. Right. And, and people don't pick up the phone, especially younger people. They would rather text. They would rather not even email. They, they text today. Pick up the phone. People want to talk to you on the phone. Now this goes perfectly into a couple of areas with the phone. One is this idea of uh, when you're seeking a job. So many people have had the experience where we're trying to reach a specific person or group of people or trying to reach the right person in the job search process. But we also have to deal with a bunch of folks along the way who have gotten this lovely name of gatekeepers. Okay. They're the people who are there who's part of whose job is to kind of block you, keep you from getting to that person or too many people from getting to the person in the course of the day that you're looking to reach. How do you advise people? How do I guess work around that? 
how to actually get to the human that you really want to speak with? Mm -hmm. That can be difficult. Um, LinkedIn is wonderful. You can find people. There's um, whole search strategies where you say, let's say you go online and there's a job at XYZ Corporation um, for a vice president of marketing, whatever. So you go to LinkedIn and you put in XYZ Corporation. You look at all the employees there. You look at people in marketing. You find people in, in human resources. Um, you can find people in sales. You can find people in public relations. And you reach out and talk to those people. You make phone calls and set up emails. One of the secrets is that gatekeepers tend to work um, standard hours. So call someone at 10 minutes till 8 and the boss might be answering the phone or call them at 15 minutes after five and you may reach the people. I, I had my best sales calls were always on Good Friday afternoon because the only people who were working were the bosses <laughs> and I could reach the presidents of the company after hours. You also ask people, we all, you know, we all know the six degrees of separation. Go on your Facebook page, go on your personal pages and say, hey, I'm looking for a job with XYZ company. Does anybody know anyone who works there? 40% of jobs of hires are coming from people within the company who refer someone to human resources. And many companies actually give employees a cash reward for referring a quality employee. So even maybe if you don't reach the person in the right department, you can connect with somebody in that company Talk to them, find out some information, talk to somebody in public relations, talk to somebody in sales, learn about what the company is doing and say, you know, I really want to work for your company. Is there any way um, you could review my resume if it looked interesting? Would you be willing to forward it to somebody in human resources or send it to the president of the company? Send it yourself to the president of the company. You can find his email address and his information on all of the the, the listings and the board, things like that. Look in the, the um, corporate information. You can find the senior people. LinkedIn's gonna give you a lot of information. Just gotta do your research. Find out what's important. Go on the company's social media pages. Read the, um, if you have a company. And one of the interesting things is people are waiting to find the right job that pops up. Make a list of the top 30 companies that you want to work for. Make your own list. Say, I want to work for Amazon. I want to work for um, this company and that company. These are the companies I want to work with. And then go out and find the jobs in those companies. Reach out to people in those companies that you want to work for because not everybody's applying to those because they don't have a job posted. 70% of all jobs are not posted online, believe it or not. They come from networking and people don't network enough. It's a matter of just connecting as a human being with another human being. That um, with networking that you mentioned with uh, LinkedIn and, you know, LinkedIn has grown phenomenally in terms of its popularity, in terms of its use, um, and also as a job search. What's the most important thing or things to keep in mind when setting up a LinkedIn page? The most important thing is to connect with the human being who's going to read your profile. You want to talk to that person. Most people build resumes and build um, LinkedIn pages 
talking about themselves in the third person instead of telling the person who's reading the profile what you can do for them. So one of the things that I do differently when I write resumes and, and, and I coach, if you go to my any of my webinars, I teach people a different way of writing a resume. And what I tell you is to write a career objective, which is not your objective, it's the employer's objective, and you tell him how you're going to help meet that objective. Any job, the employer has, has, a, has a, a goal. He's going to hire someone and pay perfectly good money to have someone accomplish a certain thing. And find out what that is through the job description, and then tell the employer that reassure him that you have the skills to meet his goal to make him successful. So you wanna to talk to the human being. And I think most people just do generic abstract. The other thing is you really wanna have your, link, your LinkedIn page and your resume need to match. The applicant tracking system that we've talked about, I've seen demos where when somebody pulls up a person's resume, at the same time, the system automatically pulls up your LinkedIn page and they put them side by side so you can compare them. Most people don't write their resume and their LinkedIn page at the same time. And so you're gonna find different titles, different dates, different accomplishments. And you can actually find people who left things off a resume or have changed titles. You can find people who cheat or lie. And so you wanna make sure that your LinkedIn page mirrors your resume. Both documents are contemporaneous and that both of them talk to the employer and tell them why you are the best person for that job and how you are going to help that employer achieve his goals. Getting one's mindset out of talking about yourself in the third person. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that. How important is that to keep in mind in this whole process? I think it's important that we're all human beings. We are human beings and we, people need to connect as human beings. I think it really makes a big difference. If you talk to me as a human being, I'm going to respond differently than if I have a generic, um, you know, profile. Strong candidate doing such and such and such. You know, that doesn't connect with me. But if you say, I help, um, I will help your company do this, 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 and this. If I, you're talking to me, I think it's really important. It's different. Nobody does it. It's amazing when you stop and think about it and the the times that I've seen these references, you know, where somebody is talking, they're talking about themselves, but they're talking about themselves in the third person. And it's like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> really? It's like, what on earth are you really doing? Uh, and I'm glad you made the point about the resume and uh, LinkedIn. You also mentioned something very interesting, an interesting term a couple of minutes ago that um, when I've done teaching on the trade school uh, level. A number of times I've used this concept of the elevator pitch because I once was in a um, job seeker group. And it was one of the things where we had to, which we had to do every week that I attended their meetings. Okay. You had to get up and give your elevator pitch and literally we were given, I think it was 25 or 30 seconds for it. And the thought is behind the elevator pitch is exactly what, Diane? What are you supposed to be doing? Well, the whole concept is if you were, 
you know, going into a big building in New York City for a job interview and you walked in the elevator and the person that you've always met, your icon, the person that, that you want to work for was standing there in the elevator. What would you say to that person in the 30 seconds it takes the elevator to get to his floor? It is four parts that allows you to introduce yourself and get the action that you want at, on any occasion. First, you introduce yourself memorably. You say, hey, I'm Diane Hoos. I'm the accidental career coach. And then you tell people what you do or what you can do for them. I help people find and land their dream jobs, okay? And then you give them proof, social proof. In fact, I've helped more than 2,000 college students find and land their dream jobs within three months upon graduation. And I can help you find and land your dream job also. And then you want a call to action. You ask for something. I would love to learn more about your company. Is there any way I could schedule 15 minutes to talk to someone in your human resources department? Or could you refer me to the right person? Or could I buy you a cup of coffee and learn about what's going on in the company? So four parts. You introduce yourself memorably. You say what you do and can do for something somebody else. You give them proof, social proof that you've done it or can do it. And then you ask for what you want. Real simple. It is. It's very simple, but it's also amazing. It was also always amazing to me, the initial reaction that I would get from students. Because these are people I'd worked with over the course of uh, either eight or 16 weeks, depending on which time of day it was a day class or a night class. And the immediate initial reaction was absolute panic over <laughs> this because I took this a step further. It's literally, I would take at least half of the class, let's say it's uh, 15 people, take half of the people in there and say, all right, come on with me. And we'd head out to the elevator bank oh. in the office building where we were. Because I'm going to do things that are a little bit off the wall, but also are things that are going to challenge people. Get everybody on the elevator. And as we're going from one floor to the next, tell them what the elevator pitch is all about. Then as we get to that next floor, I pick a person who's going first. And they have their pitch between that floor and the floor above that. Wow. So literally, they've got to think on the spot. Okay. And it was amazing how, as we worked on this over, let's say, a 10 to 15 minute period, how people would sharpen their skill set with this because they're forced to think. They're forced to think quickly. They also are getting feedback and critique immediately on it. It's something they've never been exposed to before but they really learned on the spot the value of being able to think about themselves, what it is they have to offer, and how to present themselves in a condensed fashion, basically to a stranger, mm -hmm. and to do it in an interesting way. So I love the concept of the elevator pitch. And I always think to myself, too, a lot of these things that we're talking about, why is it that for the most part, we don't get exposed to this in the real formal education process, classrooms. No. 
And colleges don't feel that they're obligated to help you find a job. We're here to educate, you know, I, I think it's, I, I taught it to universities, right? And I was amazed that I taught at Texas A&M in San Antonio. They had 11,000 students. They had six counselors in the, in the counseling department with 11,000 students. They can't connect with anybody, right? They don't have the human resources. So now you're, you're stuck finding a job. When kids graduate from college, 80% of the people who walk across at graduation don't have a job to go to on Monday. They've just spent $150,000 four years and they're not employable. It's, it, it's a shame, it's a shame. And I've spent the last many years helping as many people as I can. I give free seminars and webinars and you know lots of teaching because it's so important. And we are in many ways, especially our generation, a little bit older, we identify with our jobs, right? That is who you are as a person. We're as a professional, that's a part of our identity. We need these jobs, it's important to us. And people deserve to have great jobs that they love. This concept of the accidental career coach, we're talking with Diane Huth and this portion of our program. Where did this come from? Where'd that name come from? Well, I'm not a career, I'm not a human resources professional. I'm a marketer. I've worked in brand marketing for big companies for 30 years. And um, at one point I decided to, to give back to the community and started teaching at two universities. I teach marketing, branding, marketing, communication, international marketing in the evenings. And I started um, teaching marketing and I discovered that my students were getting ready to graduate and they didn't have the skills. And so I, I changed my class schedule and then I worked for a week and I pre prepared a presentation, which I gave them for three hours to teach them all these job search skills. And then people wanted more of it. They asked for copies of it. They asked to speak at seminars, webinars. So it grew up to become a book. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really a marketer, but I ended up being a career coach by accident. That wasn't what I intended to do. I just found a need that was so important and set out to fulfill it. You have a lot of fun too with what you do, don't you? I do. I help people. I feel good about it. I, I'm a teacher. I like to teach. I like to educate. I, I, I'm, I'm a nurturer, so I help people. Yeah. And I like to create programs. I've, I've created eight online learning programs to teach people job search skills. And so I've, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've been blessed. My life, I've enjoyed 95% of my career, right? Nobody should work in a job that you hate. We all deserve to have a job that we love. And I've been lucky that 95% of all my jobs I've loved. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. It's, it's also wonderful to hear that, uh, too. The concept behind what you mentioned earlier, uh, Job Secrets uh, webinar. Tell us a little bit about the creation of that. Well, I, I, I have a webinar. You can go to jobsecretswebinar.com. I teach you how to write a resume and, and I show you co copies of resumes. And then um, I will also teach you briefly the other things you need to know to get a job. And I, I teach this, it's, it's available right now on demand. It's about an hour and a half. And then um, I offer these courses. I have a, 
a job secret, the to land your dream job, secrets to land your dream job. It's an online course. It's $297 and it walks you through everything you need to know to find a job video course. So I have that. I have a course on how to write resumes and how to do LinkedIn and how to um, write the perfect cover letter and how to negotiate your job offer. Nobody ever taught us that. Did anyone teach you interview skills and job negotiation skills? Nobody taught me that. So I built all these different things and I put them all together in a master class, which is I call the Secrets to Land Your Dream Job. And you can find out at, at secretslandyourdreamjob.com or at jobsecretswebinar.com. So I, I have that available to people. Diane Huth, the Accidental Career Coach, uh, talking with us on our program. What lies ahead for you? Well, I am launching a new platform, and it's kind of segued from my second book, um, which was Reinvent Your Career for Older Professionals. And that is saying, what do you want to do when you grow up? And where do you want to do it? And I am teaching people how to run away from home and live in paradise on um, their Social Security check alone. And so I have a website and a, a Facebook page called The Grown-Ups Guide to Running Away from Home. And I'm teaching people at any age, you don't have to be baby boomers, but at any age, how, and especially with the technology, you could earn in dollars using the new technology, send pesos, live in paradise in Mexico or anywhere you want, like I do. And so I'm teaching people um, through my book, through courses, um, boot camps, training, um, excursions, and... Um, relocation assistance. I'm going to be teaching other people, particularly single women, uh, single women, how they can live a, a rich life on, on a limited amount of money because so many people are struggling financially and it's very difficult to get a job after 50, 55. You know that. So many people are under, underemployed. It's going to be 10 years before you can get social security. So how are you going to make money? And then how can you live on the average woman gets $1,317 a month social security. How do you live on $1,300 a month? In the United States, you live in poverty, right? In a developing country like Mexico, you can live like royalty, like I do. Hmm. Final question for you. Some people will possibly wonder why I didn't mention this earlier, but I think this is an especially important area to discuss. We hear an awful lot of talk about social media and many people are in various forms of social media. What advice would you give job seekers about their social media presence? Your social media can help you or hurt you. You, you want your social media to be authentic, but you want it to be something that an employer would not object to. So you, you, you have to keep it clean. You have to keep it impersonal. 57% of employers look and, and, and hiring manager will check out your social media pages. They want to know who you are, how you communicate, how you spend your time, your energies. So um, if you're looking for a job, your future employer is going to look at your Facebook page, your Twitter account, um, and your Instagram page. They're going to do it. They're looking for reasons not to hire you. And 57% of employers have found reasons not to hire people because of social media. That is also true of current employers. Your current employers may go on your social media pages, find things they don't like and terminate you because of that. So you have to be very careful. You need to keep your, your social media pages um, professional enough, you know, avoid 
sexuality, nudity, vulgarity, profanity, you know, all those kind of things. So you, you have to be aware that your social media is your brand. You are a brand, right? You are how you represent yourself. And social media is your voice that you have put open to anyone to see and hear, see you and hear you. And so you have to be careful and responsible that that is a brand that you're projecting to the rest of the world. And the consequences are that people may see that and respond to it. And if you aren't representing yourself as the professional that you want to be, to be employable, then the consequences is that you're not going to get a job. Excellent advice from Diane Huth, who's the accidental career coach. You mentioned a couple of websites in the course of our discussion before we wrap up here. Would you repeat the web addresses? Okay. I invite everybody to go to my free hour and a half um, job secrets webinar. It's www.jobsecretswebinar.com. There's a free training on how to write your resume and what you need to know to um, get a great job. I have a free downloadable checklist to see if you're ready for a job. www.hiremenowplease.com. There's a checklist to see if you're ready and what, what areas of your job search you, you need help with. And then my new life is available at the grownups guide to running away from home.com. And there's a Facebook page by that same um, title. And then my, my, my professional business page is dianehuth.com, D-I-A-N-E-H-U-T-H.com. And you'll find links to everything that I do there. And lots and lots of job search resources and free guides and things like that. Diane, a wonderful discussion as always. Thank you very much for joining us on our program. And thank you for having me. I would love to come back anytime. And continue to have some fun in paradise there too. I am. Well, that was fun. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t